Stop. Commercial time. Hey, friends. So do y'all remember how we decided together that 2022 would be our year? Our year to be selfish? The year that we start finally taking the steps necessary to get our financial lives together. Y'all remember that? Well, I decided to get my financial life together by opening up my first investment account and investing in the stock market. Now, all I have to do is actually learn how to invest. (laughs) And I hope you'll join me. My good friend and season one guest, top 100 financial advisor and founder of Building Bread, Kevin Matthews has put together an easy to understand, easy to follow set of resources for newbie investors just like us called the Investor's Toolkit. The Investor's Toolkit is a seven module course designed to guide us step by step through our stock market investing journey. We need this, friends. Well, if you're ready to stop talking about it and be about it, click the link in my show notes to access the Building Bread Investor's Toolkit. And if you use the link in the notes, you'll also get a special sugar-free discount. Y'all know I'm going to take care of you, friends, right? Good. Now back to the show. A high-value man is a man who is a provider. And by provider, this is someone that you feel safe with emotionally. This is someone you feel safe with mentally. This is someone who makes you physically feel safe. And then this is someone who is financially stable and also willing to sacrifice. A high value man makes family a priority and he's willing to put family first. And now you're listening to the Sugar Free Podcast. Welcome to the Tea Party, friends. Now tell me, girl, how you like your tea. You know it's sugar free. Now tell me, girl, how you like your tea. Up in here, we like it sugar free. Come through stuff, by get up with me. With your girl sitting back, I'm a little crazy. Ooh, right here with me. It's where you wanna be. Wanna be. Let's get it sugar free. Yeah. Now tell me, girl. Me, girl. How you like your tea? How you like your tea? You know it's sugar free. Hey friends! Hey! How you doing? Good, 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 good. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Sugar Free Podcast. Listen, y'all. Do you know what today is? You don't? Well, it ain't our anniversary, but it is Valentine's Day! <laughs> so excited to be with you all, the true loves of my life, on this very special day, Valentine's Day, right? Aren't you so happy to be with me today? I know y'all love me. I know. I love you too. <laughs> so in honor of Valentine's Day, we have a very, very special guest at the tea party this week who is going to spill all the tea on how to find a high value partner and lord knows we all need this information right here even if you already in a relationship honey because some of y'all i don't I don't know if I can say this, but you know, some of y'all have settled, okay? And so after hearing from our relationship expert today, you may finally realize that your current partner may be 
well a little lower in value than you originally thought okay it might be time to trade up but anywho before we get into all of that can i tell y'all a secret my secret is i don't have a valentine can y'all believe that me right who wouldn't want to be my valentine <laughs> but you know what it's cool i'm not tripping about it like at all this year and when I say that I'm not tripping, I'm actually not tripping about it, right? I'm not just saying that I'm not tripping about it, but then going in, in my room after this and going to cry on Bentley's shoulder with some ice cream all night. No, 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 no. I'm really, really good, okay? And that's because this year I recognize that honestly, there are truly far worse things in this world than not having a Valentine. Like seriously, especially if you're not with the right Valentine, if, if it's not the right relationship, the right guy, then really sometimes being by yourself can be just as enjoyable right because honestly of all the valentine's days that i've had with a valentine and i mean quite literally every single one of them all of them were woefully underwhelming okay <laughs> woefully and when i say woefully i mean truly woeful disappointing underwhelming unfortunate okay all of that and seriously what is worse than being in a relationship with a partner who you think loves you knows you wants to make you happy and then all of his efforts just fall heartbreakingly short of what you expected <laughs> so in honor of this and to make all my single friends out there feel a little bit better and all my friends who are in relationships feel maybe real good about the one that they got I have compiled for us a list of the five worst ever gifts I've gotten from boyfriends, entanglement, situationships, whatever. Five worst gifts I've gotten on Valentine's Day from these men, okay? Okay, so number one. Oh my God, this is so terrible. A handmade card with me depicted as Mrs. Potato Head on the front. Yes, yeah. So they handmade the card. And then you know how you can cut out little pieces of magazine like for a vision board. He found a picture of Mrs. Potato Head in a magazine, cut it out and put my name in his handwriting over top with a heart over it. Now, as a bald black woman, when and where or why would I want to be depicted as Mrs. Potato Head? Really? Like, I was just like, oh, my God, this is life. Oh, number two, a used teddy bear, <laughs> the gall, right? Now in his defense, he delivered some sob story about the sentimental value of the bear and how he had had it since childhood, blah, 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 blah. But really all I could think of was how he had the unmitigated gall to bring me a tired old used up teddy bear that just reeked of girlfriend's past. Raggedy. Number three, an oversized teddy bear that said happy anniversary on it. Really, bro? All the hearted up bears out here and you managed to find the one that said happy anniversary on it? Come on, get your life. Oh, 
And number four, of course, y'all know about the Cheez-Its and liquor fiasco show. Made worse by the fact that I don't even drink alcohol and have not drunk any alcohol in about seven years. But mama didn't raise no fool, y'all, okay? I still accepted it. I just re-gifted it to a friend. It was I didn't say the alcohol wasn't good. Good stock wasn't a nice variety. It just wasn't for me. And finally, number five, the worst and most disappointing gift I've ever received on Valentine's Day was some flowers. Now, I'm sure you're thinking, how is that worse than a Mrs. Potato Head card? Well, I'm about to tell y'all, friends, it's worse because I buy myself flowers every single week because I just love the way that they fill up my office. And I specifically asked this man to not get me flowers. I asked for romance, passion, adventure, shenanigans. My friends know I love a good shenanigan. And the best he could do was flowers that I explicitly asked him not to get. Like, that was so disappointing to me. Now, there's nothing wrong with flowers, but when you're desperately asking your partner to give you X and they give you Y, which you explicitly asked them not to do, that was just one of the most disappointing, heartbreaking gifts I'd ever received because it just felt like my partner did not put any effort into doing something that was for me something that I would like and there's nothing worse than feeling like your partner has given you a gift without you in mind (laughs) right like this would be a great gift for Sally I'm not her this is not the right gift for me so that was that was a juicy secret wasn't it y'all Now, I'm not going to tell y'all that I've never had an amazing gift day experience, but I can tell you that it just ain't ever happened on no daggone Valentine's Day, okay? And I just want to remind you that being single on Valentine's Day can be far better than being in a relationship on Valentine's Day. So hopefully y'all got a good chuckle, a good laugh, and enjoyed that good little secret on this Valentine's Day. And so with that, let's go ahead and get into this episode. So today's guest is going to tell us how to attract a high value man so y'all can avoid my Valentine's Day woes, okay? She is going to tell us how to find a man who loves, honors, cherishes, and makes sacrifices for us. One who puts us and our needs first. (laughs) Who don't need that kind of man, okay? So please welcome to the tea party, dating coach, wife, two-time Emmy-nominated journalist and professional wig snatcher, Miss Keisha Rice. Keisha, girl, please tell the good people who you are and what you do. Hey, my name is Keisha Rice. I am a dating coach for Ambitious Women of Faith. So I help these women learn how to merge their femininity growing up in potentially a conservative background. You know, I'm a preacher's kid myself. And, you know, being in the corporate world and, and feeling like you want to be ambitious, but you also want to be feminine and you you don't want to be, you know, approved, but you also are sick of modern dating culture. Like, how do you balance those things and find love in a way that actually that doesn't suck? Let's just be real. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> 
because as a boss woman, so this episode, I feel like is a love letter for me to all of my boss women out there and boss chicks out there who do not want to settle. Right. Like we work so hard in every other area of our lives to be amazing, on point, have the best, get the best, be the best. This is not the area of our lives where we should be settling. So I'm so glad that you're here today because we need some help. So I just got out of a long term relationship. So I I need this advice, too. Congratulations. (laughs) Oh, thank you. You're the first and only person who said congratulations. Why did you say congratulations? Because life is short. Like being in a relationship that you're not aligned with, ain't nobody got time for that. And, you know, that's, that's not to say that like that relationship was a waste of time or you made some huge mistake or anything like that because, you know, before I got married, I was in some long-term relationships and I learned so much about myself. I learned about men. I learned about what my priorities were and how I wanted to live the rest of my life going forward. So, you know, bless that relationship, but also like cheers to what's ahead. Like there's only, there's only greater ahead. Amen. Thank you for saying that, girl. <laughs> I really do. Because I feel like whenever you tell people that you just got to, really, oh, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, well, I don't know if that's how I feel. But I appreciate you acknowledging that because I feel like that's true. Like everything was was good for the time that it was good for. But if this ain't it for me, like if this ain't that relationship, then we got to move on. We, we got to make some room for our husbands, right? Yeah, and I, and I want to be clear on that. If you end a long-term relationship and you have some feelings of sadness, some feelings of regret and all of that, you should grieve. Like, it is, it is a loss. It is a loss of that relationship. It's a loss of who you were as a person when you were in that relationship. Um, but after you grieve, it's also okay to, to move on and be like, okay, yeah, I was, I was in this, it served the season that I was in, but now I'm ready for something else. Now I'm ready for more. I agree. Well, I'm so excited for this conversation so we can get all the good goodness that is Miss Keisha Rice. So to get started, how did you get involved or get started in relationship advising or coaching? This wasn't a major when I was in college. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, it still isn't. Most most life coaches like myself have certifications. They don't have a degree like a psychologist does, Um, but there are different coaching certification programs you can go through. So I actually started, um, my background is as a journalist. I worked in TV news full time for about 10 years, nominated for two Emmys, you know, great career. You know, nothing to complain about as far as that goes. But I started feeling like I wanted more. And I also started feeling my priorities were were shifting. Um, At the time that I made the decision to become a coach, I was engaged. And I was thinking about my life going forward. And, you know, journalism is a great career, but it's a very demanding career where you work long hours. You often work holidays. And when I saw myself like being married and and having kids and all that. I I was like, it doesn't work for me. 
So I started out as a career coach, actually helping women figure out, you know, where they wanted to go in their careers or start businesses, things like that. And one of my clients was having some serious relationship issues. So I coached her through that and she went to a friend of hers and she was like, oh yeah, this great, this great dating coach, you have to go to her. Like, she's really good. Um, (laughs) So I coached that woman and then, you know, more and more. And that's how I ended up becoming a dating coach. But I found it kind of hilarious because I struggled so much with relationships and dating myself when I was single. And, you know, I was in some really toxic situations. And when these women started coming to me with, you know, for dating advice and everything, I remember praying to God. I was like, um, I don't get it because that's not what I first signed up to do. And like, why me? Because I was in so many trash relationships. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And he was, and I clearly heard God say to me, that's the point. You have a heart for this. You understand what it's like to be in these situations, to have your self-esteem taken, mm. to feel like you're worthless, to feel like you're an idiot because how do you have, you know, like in my case, two degrees, journalism and meteorology, mm. how do you have two degrees? How do you have this great career? How do you have these friends and, and all this stuff, but you can't pick a man to save your life or Ooh. you can't keep a man or... <laughs> You know, like I I clearly heard that coming through to me, like you get this and you also understand that there's another side to it where you can be in healthy relationships and you can be happy. So, you know, I am the woman to the woman that I coach. I'm the woman that I so desperately wanted and wanted and needed like five years ago. Oh, okay. So before we get into why successful boss women like yourself, like attract these toxic men. I want to ask you, so given your dating past and history and how you've described it as, you know, being a boss woman and just getting, finding yourself really in not the best relationships, how did you find your person? Finding me first. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and and I know that, I know that sounds like kind of a hokey answer. But honestly, you know, one of the things that I see so often with women coming to me is, you know, there's all these societal pressures. First of all, you're a woman, especially if you hit a certain age, you're supposed to get married, you're supposed to be having kids. And, you know, you go out here and you're trying to find a man who's nice. You're trying to find a man who's who's not a player, who who wants to get married, who wants to have kids. But Beyond that, oftentimes women don't really know what they want or don't really understand their own needs and how to find someone who can love them the way in which they need to be loved. So, you know, they go out here and they may meet decent men. Like there may be nothing wrong with these men on paper, but because these men can't love them the way that they need to be loved, there's there's a misalignment and the relationship doesn't work. So it's as you grow to understand yourself, as you grow to love yourself, that's when you're able to have better discernment and filter guys and be like, okay, this is a nice man, but he's not my man. This isn't going to work. Or, you know, you understand you're able to communicate to men like, 
the way that you said this or the way that you did this, I fully understand it, like based on how you grew up and things like that. But this is how I need you to speak to me, or this is how I need us to to have these conversations. And when you don't understand those things about yourself, it's a recipe for disaster. Girl, you've been looking through my phone. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this is the exact conversation (laughs) that I've been having um, with friends and family about what happened in my previous relationship because he's amazing right and like you said you you meet nice guy great you know job great all of that uh but it just for whatever reason is not working for you yeah yeah whoo that was I was triggering whoo I needed But I love I love that once you came. So how long after you came to that realization and you found yourself like did did the relationship quality like improve and and that person come along? Like, did you have to wait long? Okay, so let me tell you when I had my uh, come to Jesus moment. Yes. When was the come (laughs) to Jesus moment? (laughs) So I was. I was living in Charlotte, North Carolina at the time. I'm in Atlanta now. Oh, you're and in Atlanta? Yes. Oh, okay, we can be real friends. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I was, I was there at the time. And you know how, like, we're recording this right now. It's the holiday season. And... You know how you have all the posts on Facebook. I'm getting married. I'm getting engaged. I'm having babies. Yeah. So I was in I was in those circumstances where I had a job. The job was a good job, but my friends were getting new jobs. They were getting promotions, and you know I was in a situationship with a nice guy. Nothing wrong with him, but he and I both knew that like we were kind of just dating each other for the moment. That it wasn't really going to work out. And meanwhile, my friends were getting engaged and getting married. I remember being at church and the church media team or whatever took a picture of my friend and I worshiping. And she looks angelic in this picture. I am ugly crying. And I'm like, I can't even get church right. I I swear. (laughs) (laughs) So I had this moment, a friend of mine was getting married and I was planning her bridal shower and I just broke down crying as I was writing out invitations. And I was like, God, I don't even know what type of life I want, but this ain't it. Whatever this is, is not it. (laughs) (laughs) So I started you know how most people start their spiritual development journey, books, podcasts, and all that. And it became a thing of just like implementing one thing that I heard. Like, oh, that resonates with me. Okay, that sounds good. I'm going to try that. Oh, this journaling thing. Okay, I can I can do that. This, you know, keeping a gratitude list. I, I can do that. And as I started, again, as I started appreciating myself more, spending more time with myself, um, I started to attract better quality men. I had been in some relationships that were downright abusive. Mm. So, you know, I started attracting men who were better quality than the men that I had dated in the past. And it was a situation of I was attracting like Mr. Right Nows, you know, not Mr. Rights. 
Yeah. <laughs> but it was it was better, and I could I could clearly see that it, that at least my uh, at least my picker was getting a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> and about it was about a year after I started that journey that I met the man who became my husband. Mm, okay, that that's inspirational. I'm jealous that you are able to turn around your habit previously of finding toxic men and now finding the man of your dreams. So I need all your tips. What tips or resources? What do you have for us for us to be able to um, break the cycle of attracting toxic men and to attract you? You refer to it sometimes as high value partners. And so we'll get into defining that in a minute. But yeah, what's your advice for us to attract some good quality men? You have to recognize your own patterns. So some of these go back to childhood. Um, for for me, for example, I'm a PK. I'm a preacher's kid. Growing up, I always felt like the church came first, right? Like I wasn't getting enough attention. So I started dating at a young age. So part of me attracting bad relationships was being young and stupid. Like <laughs> let's just be <laughs> let's just be real on that. But the other part of it was. I felt like I wasn't getting enough attention. So I constantly found ways to create drama in my life. Mm. I had to learn that until I was internally validated, I was going to keep repeating that cycle. You know, so you have to start thinking, okay, where did I pick up these habits? How are these boyfriends? How are these people that I'm dating reminding me of other people? I always tell my clients, all relationships are related. You show me a woman who has problems with dating. She has some issues with her family, with her coworkers, with her friends. What are the conflicts you're seeing in those relationships? Because you will start to see some patterns. And then as you start to work on those, it is making yourself available. So there's the very practical being available Online dating is a larger pool. I know a lot of women say that they hate online dating, but your pool is larger. You're going to meet more men. You know, going out places, your Prince Charming is not going to break into your home and and come marry you. (laughs) No, you don't. Because if he did, that would be creepy. You'd be like, who the heck are you? (laughs) Not my Prince Charming, because my Prince Charming is uh he's looking like Michael B. Jordan. If Michael B. Jordan busts through my living room, we good. <laughs> so, hey. but since he isn't, I guess I have to make myself available. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's, it's also making yourself emotionally available. Like I just talked about emotional intelligence, being willing to be vulnerable being willing to really establish a deep connection with someone and your conversation. And it is also watching what you put into the atmosphere. I firmly believe that our words cast spells. Mm. You know, the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So when I think about that, like I love Motown. When I got serious about trying to find my husband, I stopped listening to heartbreak songs, Mm. like cut all that out. (laughs) I only listen to happy I'm in love songs. Um, I stopped saying things like men are dogs, men are trash. I even stopped with the some men are dogs, some men are trash because those men are not my problem. Yeah, They are somebody else's problem. 
probably their mama's problem, but they are somebody <laughs> else's problem. Uh, <laughs> it was probably my problem, girl. <laughs> you know, I, I started focusing on talking about the men that I do want. I started expressing gratitude for the men in my life who were great. I have, you know, my dad and I have a very interesting relationship that, you know, dates back to like me feeling like I have a lack of attention and all that as a child. But I will say my dad was setting high standards for me when I was when I was younger. Um, I distinctly remember in high school being on the phone with this boy, you know, it was a Friday and he asked me out the next day. And I was like, yeah, my dad heard me on the phone say, yeah, that sounds great. I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. And my dad was like, call him back and tell him that you're busy. You're not going. If he's interested in you, he can make plans earlier than a day in advance. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, father. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I had that. I had great uncles who poured into me. I had male friends who looked out for me. I have an older brother. You know, I started looking at those men and being like, there are qualities in those men that I don't want in my husband, but what are the qualities that I do want? Yeah. What are the things that I feel I really need in a relationship? So it's, it's having that awareness and it is, you'll find what you're actively looking for. If you go around talking about men or dogs, men or trash, you'll find plenty of trash men. Like, <laughs> mm, I feel like this is the Sierra method. We manifest in <laughs> our husband, our Russell Wilson's into existence. <laughs> you know, it's, think about it this way. Um, have you ever bought a car? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. So you decide that you're going to get a car. You decide what type of car you want. Like I, I have a Toyota Corolla. When I decided that I wanted a Corolla, Corollas were suddenly on the road everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you saw them every every time you went out. You saw at least 50 Corollas. Right. Yeah. Right. It's, it's not like, you know, everyone, everyone in Atlanta or, you know, I'm from originally from Greenville, South Carolina. So when I go home as well, like it's not like everyone in Atlanta, everyone in Greenville, like all of a sudden went out and bought Corollas, but that's mm. where my focus was. Mm. It's no different than dating. Mm. So we need to focus our attention on the Teslas of men. Out yes. there. <laughs> <laughs> the Beamers, the Benzes, the Bentleys, even better. Okay, so that's how we go about finding. So how do we define a high value partner? So I have been studying under your tutelage of Instagram <laughs> for some time now. And so you talk about how successful women can find ditch the toxic partners that they've been with and find high value partners. And so how are we defining high value? Like, is are we are we you helping us find ballers and entrepreneurs and millionaires because I could get with that. But is that how you're defining high value or what, what does that mean for us as we look for our partners? Yeah. Uh, short answer is no, that's not how I define a high value. Man. <laughs> and, and here's, here's why, because a high value man is a man who is a provider. And by provider, this is someone that you feel safe with emotionally. This is someone you feel safe with mentally. 
This is someone who makes you physically feel safe. And then this is someone who is financially stable and also willing to sacrifice. A high value man makes family a priority and he's willing to put family first. I do think in particular, you and I are both black women. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of discussions need to be held about struggle love and how it's not acceptable. What, so, is, struggle, what is struggle love? Define that for us. Yeah. Struggle love is being in relationships in which the person does not love you enough to allow you to thrive. So this means being with someone who is broke and making no effort to make more money so that you're the one left constantly hustling to pay the bills or you're 50-50 in money, but not in housework. So you have to pay half the bills and then come home and do all the cooking and cleaning and child rearing and everything and all the emotional labor as well. Struggle of is being in situations in which someone does not treat you well and they think it is okay to constantly be in and out of the door or to leave and have outside babies on you or to, you know, put yourself in situations where you're left embarrassed and holding the bag. Mm, yeah, that, that sounds struggling. <laughs> yeah. You know, women, sure. women will say incredibly stupid things like, at least he comes home to me. Mm. Well, yeah, because you put up with more than a lot of other women would. That's not a flex. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we definitely need to normalize as black women the fact that we deserve the best, not even like we deserve the best. We deserve men, like you said, who are going to be there for us spiritually, emotionally, financially. And I think I, I don't know where this comes from, but I feel like to some degree we have been shamed into saying out loud that we deserve these things. And it's just like, if, if he's good, he got a good job. He not cheating. Like you should accept that. Like that's good enough. If he's not cheating, right. Forget all the other, forget all the other reasons in which he's not trash. I mean, in which he is trash. Oh, but he's not cheating. He's faithful. So (laughs) that is bare minimum. (laughs) (laughs) That is the bottom. (laughs) And here's one thing that do think helps make that difference a little bit more clear. Toxic men, first of all, they're not men, they're boys. Mm. And I just want you to think about a little boy that, you know, a toddler. What do they do all the time? They seek attention. So oftentimes, if you're dealing with a man who is toxic, there are attention-seeking behaviors, whether that is constantly commenting on other girls posts because he wants validation like he wants them to comment back or be all flattered by the comments or if it's a matter of him being broke all the time and constantly asking for money that is attention seeking behavior if he is complaining all the time that is attention seeking behavior if he acts more like he's 3 and less like he's 30 then that is a toxic partner <laughs> Ooh, okay. <laughs> I feel like you just described like at least three of the last five <laughs> boyfriends I've had. <laughs> and you know, that, that brings back to, I never did answer your question, the difference between a high value partner and a rich man. Yeah. So 
I can give you a great example. I have a friend who was in a relationship with a man, very wealthy. She was with him for about a year or so. He bought her all these purses, bought her all these clothes, set her up in an apartment and everything. She went out of town. When she came back, the locks on that apartment were changed. Everything of hers was gone. He had a new woman that he had moved in. Oh, y'all can't see my face right now, but it's in shock. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I was about to say, hopefully that was the the landlord. You know, everybody got evicted. But for him to just move her, that's yikes. No, he, he had a new woman and that's what the apartment was for. It was for the woman that he was with, which was no longer her. Mm. Yeah, that sounds so, toxic. That sounds very toxic. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that is why a high value man does not necessarily equal a high earning man. There are plenty of wealthy men out there who are jerks, like Elon Musk, for example. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there are plenty of men who will flash their wealth in front of you, and they will do it on purpose to get you hooked and think, "Oh, now I snagged myself a rich man and everything." but they won't ever actually spend money on you. They won't ever actually invest into you and into your interest. You know, mm-hmm. there are men out there who make great money, but even if they do give you money, they're going to control every aspect of it. Yeah. They're going to buy you certain clothes because they want you to dress a certain way. Yeah. You know, they're always going to choose the restaurant. They're always going to do whatever it takes to keep up the appearance and brand that they have built for themselves screw what it is that you actually want. Yeah. When my husband and I were dating, you know, again, total between dating and marriage, we've been together six years and we have flip-flopped a couple of times, especially with pandemic and all that over who makes more money. Yeah. When my husband and I first met, I made more than him. He had a better handle on his money than I did. That was one of the things that I was getting my life together on when he and I met. (laughs) I feel you, Um, girl. I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still there. <laughs> so he, from the very beginning, like he would buy me gifts and all that, but he'd also like help with the bill or two, things like that, um, just to show that he wanted to be there and he wanted to provide. And again, he wasn't rich, Yeah, but he did what he could and he put forth effort. And, you know, I've seen that now in the times that we've been together. Again, I started my business when we were engaged, he took a second job so that I could go so that I could freelance as a journalist and focus more time on my business. Oh, he's real high value. <laughs> <laughs> you got some friends. <laughs> <laughs> this oh, is kind of support. Listen, this is this is what support looks like. So I, not too long ago, I posted about support because as I'm reflecting on what I need from a partner and you know this being an ambitious woman having a lot on your plate like just because a man says he supports you doesn't mean he's actively supporting you right like support is a verb and so if he supports you support sometimes looks like cooking you dinner so that you do have those evenings free to spend with him and instead of that expectation that you have to cook dinner too and then he looking at you like why can't you spend time with me because I just worked out 50 jobs and cooked dinner and I'm tired right or maybe it's um like you said paying paying a bill or investing in you and and helping you so that 
you can get to where you need to get in and doing those things. And so as a ambitious woman, I have found it can be difficult to find men who truly support me and not just say like, oh, I support you or, you know, like I, I you're doing great, but actually show their support with action and actively trying to help me get to where I'm going. And I feel like a lot of times men expect you to be their help and to help them get to their destinations and invest in their dreams. And that same support isn't always reciprocated. Yeah. Well, even when you talked about dinner and the man, for example, cooking dinner so that they can spend more time together. You know, I can't tell you how many times my husband cooked dinner because I was working on something big on my business. So he didn't even really see me. You know, he would cook dinner, bring me a plate and then, you know, back himself out the room and let me keep working. (laughs) 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 Because he knew that he knew it was important to me. He, he knew how much I, how much I want, you know, still want to be more successful in my business, but especially like how much I wanted to get it off the ground. So yes, support also doesn't always look like money. You know, sometimes it looks like me going to my husband and being like, you know, you know, as, as a coach, you're an emotional support to the women you coach. And sometimes I have three clients in a day and they're all having breakdowns And, you know, I'm a bit of an empath. So now all that energy has transferred onto me as I'm calming them and everything. So now my head is about to explode after having all these calls and just being able to sit down. And my husband just pulls me into him for a cuddle. And he's like, yeah, I know. And that's that's all. (laughs) (laughs) Like sometimes that's what support looks like. Yeah. And and again, the, that's the difference between a high value man and a high earning man is that a high earning man, money is the only thing he has to offer. And sometimes he will refuse to offer that to you. Ooh. Mm. So so um, where do we find these high value partners? <laughs> that, that's the I mean, like that's that's the the best. uh close to last question that we can ask. like where, where are these men at how do we find them how do we make ourselves available is it online like let me know I'm taking notes where where he at so first of all set some boundaries <laughs> set boundaries with what you want and what you need here's why that's important because when you do that first of all the men who are not going to support you like that will start to deselect themselves yeah and that is a blessing. Amen. That is not a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah. So then when you're in relationships, you first of all show what it is that you want in the relationship. We are ambitious women. We love to handle everything. We love to be on our Olivia Pope, you know, and, and take care of all the stuff. The problem with that is even the most high value provider type man is going to take the path of least resistance. So if you are in a relationship and you are constantly hopping in to fix every situation and to handle all the things and do all the things, he will let you. Mm. So you have to have this mindset when you enter relationships of 
you know, I know it sounds trite to say, let a man be a man, but yeah, when my husband was having issues with his, with his job and everything and, and trying to find something like, you know, he, he lost his job. Like when the pandemic hit, I didn't go update his resume. I, I didn't go put out fielders for him and ask around for jobs and stuff like that. Honey, I love you. And I'm sure you'll figure it out. I know you will. Mm. And he did because he's a grown man. <laughs> Just like, like <laughs> back, yeah. back to that whole toddler thing. I don't know why as women, we sometimes put responsibilities on ourselves to be adults, but we don't put that on the men in our lives. Mm. So it is allowing a man to do those things. Again, the ones who aren't willing to do it are going to like step aside. Yeah. And then once you get in that process of allowing and setting those boundaries and making it clear that there are certain behaviors that you don't tolerate, um, it fixes your focus and you start to see more men who are quality men. Now, if you're talking about what places you go to, like if you want to be really specific. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, where Um, do I need to be? (laughs) First of all, I have to say it again. Don't sleep on dating apps. Okay, which ones do you recommend? So if you are in something, if your career is something very high profile, um, you might want to consider something like Araya, where, you know, those dating apps are invite only and, and only certain people are allowed on them, like celebrities use sites like that. How do you spell that? Uh, R-A-Y-A. R-A-Y-A. Okay. I don't know but if I'm in- there yet, but I might, <laughs> if I can get an invite, I might be. <laughs> but but just in general you know when you know when you talk about like e-harmony and match and bumble even tinder all those um first of all you have better chances if you use the paid version than the free version and two not just the app itself but one of the things i always recommend is your location i don't care where you really live um (laughs) set your location to the place where you would find the most, you know, high value affluent men. If you live in Atlanta, your zip code that you put on the dating app should be a Buckhead zip code, for example. Mm. Gotcha. You know, and this comes to in person too. If there's, there's nothing wrong with trying to stack the odds in your favor of finding a man who makes a little bit more and can financially provide a little bit more. If you want to do that, think, where would they hang out? The golf course. See, I State was a house. Division One athlete in women's golf. And so <laughs> I have lived on golf courses for a majority of my life. And I ain't never met no man in a golf course. What energy are you putting out? Hmm? What energy are you putting out? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that's see, that's that's a whole nother episode that we'll have to we'll have to Oh yes, we'll a part two. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, but also, um, you know, Whole Foods as opposed to, you know, your your Bilo, Piggly Wiggly, whatever grocery store is in your in your Piggly region. <laughs> If if you're going to Target, go to the Target in a nicer neighborhood. Like, you know, those those are the things that are kind of practical and also dress for it. I'm not saying that you have to be at Target in an evening gown, but 
<laughs> Although you would definitely get attention if you're at Target in the evening, Gail. But <laughs> yeah, we've all had those late night after the club, midnight, Walgreens, Target, whatever runs. <laughs> we in our club attire. <laughs> but but like be practical. Like, you know, I have clients say to me all the time, well, like, I don't want to get dressed up all the time. Like, that's just not practical and that's uncomfortable. I'm like, a cute pair of flats takes as much time as a pair of sneakers. Stretchy black dress pants take as much time as a pair of jeans. Well, my you jeans know, a decent- fly. Like, what <laughs> if, like, what if that's part of my personal style? What if I feel like I'm looking fly in my J's? Then make sure they're spotless. Okay. Make sure your jeans <laughs> fit well. Like, and you know what I mean? Fit well, like they hug the butt, like the, the curves are all there. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I see women complain all the time about, oh, like that's just, that's just impractical and that's just not comfortable. And I'm like, how? Because does it really take you more time to put on the nice jeans or the nice pants than it does to put on the leggings? Because both have to be put on one leg at a time. Yeah. If yeah. if you if you are rocking the t-shirt, then like keep like a decent blazer in your car or something so that you can throw that on over it and button it up and look a little bit more, you know, look more professional, look a little bit more upscale. Like these things take two seconds. Okay. Well, maybe I'm just not ready yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just already yet. So, you know, I, I, I definitely acknowledge that there's maybe some more self-work that I need to do. Like you talked about at the beginning of how you had to fix yourself before you were ready to attract your high value partner. And so first of all, thank you so much for sharing all of this wonderful information. I feel like so many women, we, we need this, we, we need this coaching, we need this advice. And so What advice do you have for women who are struggling to hang in there while they're waiting for their Prince Charming, their high value guy to come along? Because I know in the past when I've been dating, some of the most difficult moments have been when I felt like I was ready to meet somebody and no one was coming along. And so what advice do you have for those women who are ready and just waiting two things one trust yourself um oftentimes the mistrust in men is not a mistrust in in men it is a mistrust in yourself that you are going to make the wrong decision so even though you say you're ready you get into situations where because you don't trust your own intuition you don't trust your own discernment you ignore red flags, you self-sabotage good connections with good men because of this lack of trust in yourself. You have to build that relationship with you first. The second thing that I would say is make sure you are being properly poured into. So this is, if you're fortunate, like, you know, I know that I'm privileged in the fact that my parents have been married for 38 years. Wow. So if you have that type of blessing in your life, you have parents who are happily married or siblings who are happily married and all that, get advice for them. Allow allow them to pour into you. Don't take advice from people who don't live the life that you don't want to live. If you don't have those types of people in your life, then 
find people who are living the type of life that you want to lead. Find mentors in real life. When you are looking at coaches or influencers on social media, find the ones who have the life that you want to live. There are so many dating coaches out there who are single and I don't understand that. Why are you taking advice from somebody who's in the same boat as you? Just being real. (laughs) (laughs) But I've I've dated before. I can I can add something to the conversation. No. (laughs) Okay. Would you take money advice from someone who was a millionaire and lost all their money and is now dead broke? Probably not. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, or it, it works the same way and this this honestly is not shade um because we're all in different seasons of our life but like like I apply that myself I've been married close to three years I take marriage advice from I don't even take marriage advice for women who've been married as long as I've been I take advice from women who've been married longer than I have been because they've been there they've seen stuff that I don't see coming yet so appreciate the season that you're in and, and take advice from people who are where you want to go. But, you know, you want to watch who's pouring into you and what you're consuming. So stop following IG and TikTok accounts that bash men. Again, love me some Jasmine Sullivan, uh, you know, <laughs> love, love Sia, all that. But, uh, you know, all these songs that are talking about men being trash or how their dogs are cheaters and all that. You really think you're going into any environment where you could potentially meet men, whether you're actually going on a date or whether you're going to the grocery store. You really think you're going into that environment with the right energy if you've just been listening to like an hour of men or dogs? Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) But I was probably doing some of my good car karaoke, though. (laughs) I was getting my good singing on, though. But, you know, that's that's the thing. Like when you talk about high value men, like energy is a thing. It it transfers. Um, I always say this. I can go back to you talk about how you love my Instagram. I can go back and tell you if I posted something two years ago, if I was in a good mood or a bad mood that day. Mm. Because when I was in a bad mood, those posts don't do as well. They don't get as many likes. They don't get as many comments. interesting that's so interesting (laughs) so you know high value men pick up on energy as well and they don't want drama so if you are constantly consuming drama filled stuff even if your own life technically isn't that energy you keep bringing that energy into yourself yeah Okay, we're going to get ourselves together while we wait. (laughs) We're going to watch what we consume. And so if we are struggling even still on our own to get our minds in the right place, to find the right people to pour into us, how can we work with you? And then at what point do we know when we need a coach? <laughs> um, I live on Instagram. So that's probably the, the best way is, is to send me a DM on Instagram. And, you know, we can talk about what working together looks like. As far as knowing that you're ready for a coach, I will help with that. So when a woman wants to work with me, I will typically have a free call first. And the reason for that is because I'm going to be honest, like I have told women before, 
you need to see a therapist first and then you need to come to me or you need a dating coach, but I don't think I'm the right coach for you. I know other women who are dating coaches and here's why I think you might be a better fit for this person than for me. Um, or you need to work on something else first. But in general, you're ready for a coach when you're ready to be held accountable, when you're ready to be very intentional. And when you know what your purpose is in seeing a dating coach, I have clients who have no dating experience or they were married for like 20 years and got divorced. So they really don't know how to, you know, even make those first steps. So they're very intentional on, I don't know how to put myself out there. Can you help me with that? Or I have clients who are like, I keep attracting trash. Um, My discernment itself must be trash. How do I hone my discernment? Um, (laughs) So, but so I say that because like when you come to a dating coach, you need to have a goal in mind. Like this is, this is the thing that's holding me back from having the relationships that, that I want. I don't have the confidence or I don't have the experience or I don't have the discernment. And then it's so much easier to work from there. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, before we let you go, because this is so much, I feel like I'm just taking in so much. (laughs) (laughs) But before we let you go, we have to do our sugar-free quickies. There are short, quick-fire questions that we ask all our guests at the end of the episode. It's either or. Okay. Okay. You ready? Sure. Yay! So for date night, nice dinner or Netflix and chill? Netflix and chill really yeah I just especially what I do for a living I have to be out there so much yeah but it's just like it's it's just nice to to cuddle with my hubby and and not care if my hair is jacked and and, (laughs) (laughs) I feel that girl see look see when you get married you don't have to throw throw on the blazer you don't have to throw on the nice jeans you can sit on the couch and just chill that's that's what I'm ready for um so for valentine's day chocolate or roses chocolate always okay okay dark or milk milk chocolate i have a huge sweet tooth yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay love or money both it's either or no (laughs) it's both Gonna throw my rules out the window. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. Okay. okay well, let me let me say this. If you're when you're truly in love with yourself and in love with life, money will come. So let's let's go with that. <laughs> okay. Okay. So love. We'll we'll mark you down as love. Okay, a couple more. Huge princess wedding or destination wedding? Um destination wedding and a small one my my husband and i actually we surprised our family with a very small wedding that was immediate family only um we told them we were doing family pictures and then when they showed up it was like hey it's a wedding Uh (laughs) i love that i am team elopement so this is right up my alley okay last one where do you prefer to meet men online or in person Personally, when I was dating, I met my husband in person, but mm. I preferred online because um, maybe it's just the Sagittarius in me, but, you know, I love like witty opening lines and stuff like that. So that was, 
Yeah. <laughs> mm, I prefer online dating because it's efficient. <laughs> if you are short on time and you ain't got time to put no pants on, I can swipe through 50 dudes in 20 minutes. Spoken like a true uh, ambitious woman. Yes. <laughs> hey, time is money. And I'm so grateful that you spent an hour of your time with us today. Thank you so much because you are too a boss, high value woman. And so we know your time is valuable and you could be spending it with anyone. So we're so grateful that you decided to spend it with us. And so I don't know about y'all, but I think that I've gotten some good solid tips to attract a partner who does deserves all the awesomeness and all the goodness that I'm putting out in the world or will put out in the world when I'm ready and everything that I have to offer. And so I hope y'all got some good tips too. And so thank you again to Keisha for joining us. And thank you guys too for tuning in and be sure to check back in next week for another great episode, real talk. And of course, plenty of tea that's 100% sugar-free. Woo chow. Mm-hmm. What a show. We shared some good old tea today, didn't we, friend? Thank you for your presence. I truly enjoyed you at the tea party. And we appreciate you sipping on some sugar-free tea. With me, your host, Sid Mack. Until next time, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Sugar Free Podcast or at Sugar Free Pod. You can also visit our website at www.sugarfreepodcast.com. See you again soon, friends, and be sure to keep the tea party going, a with plenty of tea. That's one hundred percent sugar free. Meet small business owner, Mackenzie Nicole. Mackenzie's business is growing and she needs forms and templates to legally protect her business from clients, partners, and employees. But she's low on cash and needs to find forms and templates that are legally binding and comprehensive, yet affordable. Not knowing where to find such forms and templates, Mackenzie was stressed until she found Formally Forms, the one-stop DIY legal shop for small business owners, side hustlers, and entrepreneurs. All Formally Forms are affordable, easy to use, and expertly drafted by a licensed business attorney and reviewed by a law professor. So what are you waiting for? Be like Mackenzie and get your Formally Form or template today.